0: This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 45. Need to find room in your life for something new to squeeze in? Start with this. Make actual room. You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show today. It is Friday, and the topic area that we're going to be hitting today is hobbies and personal interests. So... As you know, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, my wife Carrie and I are planning on moving into full time into an RV. We got hooked on the idea of this whole tiny house craze, you know, years back, and we've been kind of daydreaming about that idea for a couple of years. And. Once we started to look hard into it, we love the concept. We love the idea. We'd love to actually give it a try. But the ones that you see on TV, the really cutesy ones that you tend that tend to make it onto the TV shows, tend to be the ones that are roughly the size of a broom closet. Now, if you are a single, if you're single or a young couple willing to make that sacrifice, there's absolutely nothing wrong with squeezing into one that size. But in our case, we have two kids. Something else you know if you've been listening for a while. And that's not exactly something that you can squeeze into a space that small. Uh, not while attempting to keep sanity anyway. So we were looking at the quote-unquote tiny houses that were available in the larger sizes that still maintain the ability to be mobile so that we could bop around a little bit if we if we wanted to. But that still sort of had that... And that still sort of had that tiny house feel, but that had more space in it. The problem that we started running into was when you start looking to ma- marry those two things, the cost tended to skyrocket. Now, when you talk about skyrocketing in the perspe- from the perspective of the cost of an actual home, no, obviously not. We're not looking at costs like what you typically see along the coasts for you know, for a decent size real property. Uh, But when you're talking about a tiny house where everybody brags, is like, well, we built this thing for $20,000 out of our own pocket and we built it in our backyard. Or, you know, we found a developer that built this thing for us for $40,000 and we paid it off in three years. And now we're home free, debt free, all that wonderful stuff. The type of stuff that you typically hear on a lot of the TV shows associated with tiny houses. Well, when you start getting into the, some of the bigger ones, the prices tend to go up exponentially, Eighty, dollars $100,000, $140,000 were the prices that we were seeing on some of these larger ones that actually fit the needs of a growing family. So that tends to put a little bit of a damper on the timing of the purchase. So we started to look at what are some of the alternatives, and that's what got us into the RV market. We looked, started looking at some of the units in that area, and basically the difference between uh, tiny houses and RVs is the aesthetics of the exterior and the hyper-functionality of the interior. What I mean by that is... And I'll get off my RV rant in a minute, so just bear with me for a second. The main real differences that you see between tiny houses and RVs is obviously RVs are mass-produced in a factory. Tiny houses are generally built stick-by-stick by by a builder and typically custom-built for the eventual owner. So there's a much nicer feel to it in that this is your unit. But put the little bit of vanity that comes with that aside for a second. The real difference is that the use of space in tiny houses is extreme even compared to an RV, which is already far more space efficient than your typical house, because obviously they need to be, you know, RVs and tiny houses are dramatically smaller than actual normal houses. So that you need to be able to use that space over there in the corner for three different things, as opposed to just one. So that's not something that's abnormal, but tiny houses are even more so. So to give you an idea with the RVs that we had looked at, we were looking at ones in the 36 to 42 foot range, like the fifth wheel, 42 foot range RVs. We stumbled across a couple of tiny houses in the 26 to 30 foot range, and they just about did the trick for us. So that was actually pretty impressive with regards to that, but we've decided to go the RV route because it's just substantially less expensive. So at least for our first time giving this a shot as a family, we wanted to try to cut as much cost out of the front to hedge our bet as much as we could. And we were able to do that. We have found the unit that we're going to be moving into and we're going to be officially buying it and moving our stuff into it within the next probably 30 to 45 days. We are super, super excited about it. But now that being said, That brings me to what Carrie and I have been spending every spare minute of our time for the last two weeks doing, and that is doing a hardcore purge of our stuff, the stuff in our bedrooms, our wardrobes, our basement, all the things that we've been keeping in storage, the fact that we even have storage in the first place. Like We've been going through all of these things a lot harder than we had been in the past, because, you know, the time is now and now we're sort of coming down to it and it's time for brass tacks. We're just really blowing through a lot of the stuff that we have. And that process has reminded me of something that I've been thinking about for a while. And that's with regards to the topic of today's show being, you know, finding room for hobbies in your life. The thing that I've noticed is... As we've been going through all of this stuff, a lot of things that we've been getting rid of have been failed hobbies. The things that either I or my wife, it's really just me. But anyway, the stuff that we have gone through that have been sort of past attempts at hobbies of mine that I just sort of decided to try and take up on a whim to give a shot to and ended up not necessarily liking it. Something that I noticed about this was, and I don't know if this is something that you experience yourself, but I know it's definitely something that I have a tendency to do. And this process is, which has really made this process of purging very much eye-opening for me is that, before I try and get into a hobby, what seem what seems to be my pattern is I seem to go a little overboard, shall we say, in acquiring the toys of that hobby, or that attempted small business slash hobby, or whatever whatever you want to call it. I tend to go a little crazy in the details of whatever those things are and maybe buying a little too much stuff that will be the toys that, You would want, if you were hardcore into this thing, whatever that thing is, whether that's jujitsu, going, you know, spending too much stuff on merchandise and different fancy uniforms, all the while you've rolled on a mat, it's like you've rolled on a mat with people all of once or twice in your life. You end up dropping $500 on the custom gi or traveling to tournaments when, you know, you should be just spending time rolling as much as you can because the tournaments are doing nothing for you if you have nothing to experiment with you know that's the case with jujitsu there's also one of my former hobbies of you know having a full uh plant growing uh station plant incubator station that i've had here in my basement to grow plants and shrubs and the startings of trees and vegetables and whatever here in my basement. I did that for probably two years and then realized that it was massively more work than I wanted to deal with. So I just started buying the stuff that I was planning on growing anyway, and it ended up being a hell of a lot cheaper and a lot less energy consuming on my end. All the while I have hundreds of dollars worth of supplies that I have just sitting around here in my basement that we're now planning to just get rid of because we have no use for them. You know, that's just an example as it applies to me. There's there's a litany of other things kind of like that one um, that I have strewn around here in the basement of the house that we're getting rid of. I don't want to go through all of them right now because, you know... probably don't want to hear me crying into the microphone. But anyway, um, the the thing that I think is most important for us in this process has been, it's been an eye-opener for me and really for my wife as well, that keeping the things around that we've chosen to keep around, whether it be just because we have the room to store it and now we're not going to, I don't know if that's necessarily the trigger, but we've come to the realization that oh yeah, that box of stuff that you got from this person that was a nostalgic memory of this event or this time, you didn't even really remember that you had it. And we're not particularly getting any massive amount of joy stumbling upon these things in the basement. So I think it's something that's really hit us as to say why do we even really have this stuff? What is it for? Why are we keeping it? Why not find a different way to utilize the space that you live in for things that are more important to you? And that really has to do a lot with not just your average everyday living, which we're trying to apply that to our entire lives, hence the dramatic downsizing from you know an 1800 square foot house with the Multiple bathrooms and the driveway and the big backyard and all that cutesy stuff that, you know, everybody in society says that you need that you absolutely have to have. But put all that aside, the downsizing from that to a 40 foot, a 40 foot fifth wheel with that we're going to be end up living in a few there's a few campgrounds around here that we're looking at there's a few farms around here that we're looking at we'll likely be bopping around a little bit in those areas just to kind of keep the variety going and give the kids a couple a lot of different stuff to do themselves This is something that has made us realize that we don't really need the stuff around and the hobbies that we take up from here on out are going to be ones that aren't necessarily so stuff intensive. Now, that could be gaming on your phone. That could be taking up a new writing habit, which is something that, you know, you heard me touch on a few episodes recently, specifically in February, I seem to be having writing on the brain. So I, I touched on a lot of that stuff in February and, um, or whether it's just, God forbid, reading a book or, you know, whatever it is that you want to necessarily be your hobby. Like there, there's a lot of hobbies that are out there, that aren't particularly merchandise intensive. And those are the ones that moving forward are the ones that I'm going to try and emphasize myself. And those are the ones that I really encourage the people that are around me since I'm becoming something of a zealot when it comes to this stuff. Those are the ones that I'm really encouraging people around me to sort of take up because it lets you utilize your space better you're not you won't be overwhelmed whenever the time comes for you to go through your stuff to say oh my god that's that box of stuff over there cost $500 and i used it once and i never looked at it again or you know the this you know if i if i only had this garage freed up of all of this crap i could finally build the home gym that i want or start the home-based Amazon shipping business or, you know, whatever it is, is just the stuff that's around you, the stuff that's literally, that's literally climbing up your walls in your basement, in your shed, in your attic, these, these things are preventing you from using that space in a way that actually makes you happy and fulfilled. Now, I know that sounds corny and tacky and all that jazz, but The most important thing to me is that you get the idea that your space is your space. You should use every square inch or centimeter for you non-Americans out there, every square inch of your space to actually make you happy or do something in it. That uses that space to its greatest ability and storing a bunch of crap just doesn't fit that bill. It just doesn't we're so consumed with the idea of acquiring stuff it's even bled over as the case with this episode like it's even bled over to our simple hobbies. It's a, it's it's like we're told today that you can't have a very simple hobby today without buying $1000 worth of products to support that hobby. Now, if you find a hobby that you're super interested in that sounds like a lot of fun, you know, give it a try. Try it without buying all the massive amounts of stuff. It's almost it's almost like when your kids start to get to the age where they start playing sports and you start to realize every single sport that they want to just give a try for a single semester has one to $2,000 worth of equipment that you absolutely must have in order to even walk onto the field for the first time or whatever, or walk onto the court for the first time or pick up the first stick or whatever it is, it's massively expensive to just give things a simple Shot today. And I start to want, like, when I start to see systems like that, my, you know, my conspiracy theory brain starts to go off. And I start to wonder it's like, well, if you're, if they're starting that with kids at eight, nine years old, where things are just the mental, the mental framework is, well, okay, you just have to spend a couple thousand bucks just to give everything in the world that you want to give a shot, a shot. I start to wonder is like, well, maybe that's purposeful. So I start to start to wonder, it's like, well, what are the things that are out there that don't necessarily come with those high costs or high high barriers of entry? Is probably a better way to say it, because if you think about it there, when you start looking at the differences in our society, the fancy habits, the fancy hobbies, the ones that seem to get the most frills and attention are ones that are, generally speaking, completely off limits to people in the lower economic classes because sometimes people can't afford to send their kids to a $5,000 tennis camp or they can't, you know, when it comes time to do the mandatory band thing in school, sometimes they end up playing the flute instead of being handed the flute instead of the saxophone or the trombone or the drums, which they really want to be playing, but they can't because the flute is the only thing that they can, that their parents can afford. So I, you know, I would say I'd close out with trying to figure out what are the hobbies that you do now? And what are the ones that you've been sort of dwelling on? Maybe, Hey, I want to try this. Hey, I maybe want to try this someday Put those hobbies, the ones that you have and the ones that you'd like to try through a little lipness test. Which ones can you do even badly for free or next to free? look at the hobbies that are out there or things that you'd like to spend your time doing that you can do for less than $100. If you listen to the show regularly, I always ask the guests of the show this, what's the one purchase that you've made that's under a hundred dollars that's had the most significant impact on your life and tell us and to tell the audience about it. Apply that to yourself. What is that thing that you spent less than $100 on that just makes you incredibly happy or more productive or more fulfilled or whatever it might be? What is that thing for you? Put your hobbies and your interests through that same litmus test. See what they see what they are. I'm really curious to see what your thoughts are on this. Do me a favor and I'll close out with that. So go over to the community Facebook page, if you wouldn't mind at smallmoves.co forward slash community. And let me know what you thought about this episode and go ahead and leave me a message of what is that hobby that you think fits that bill for you that you'd be wanting to give a try to. I'm really curious to see what the audience is doing with their spare time. And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this show and your thoughts on what those hobbies might be. Very curious to hear about it. Also, while you're at it, just so you know, by the end of this weekend, I'll be releasing this month's episode... Shouldn't say episode. This month's edition of the Small Moves Book Club, you have to be on the email list to get that. So go over to smallmoves.co and wait for the little pop up to jump up on the screen. It'll take a couple seconds. And then just drop in your email and you will get the Small Moves Book Club email for this month. Super excited to get this one out. This will be episode two of the book club. So I'm really happy that I'm keeping that going. With that, thanks a lot for listening. I hope you have a really great weekend. You've got this.